What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Pick me up off the ground. Your roller coasters coast to coast with upside downs. That's a good intro. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. It's a untapped in vinyl. So we have Monk here. With, with Monk, hi. And it's a Christmas episode, but I don't know how Christmassy it'll get. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm... It's the one around the Christmas week. I don't know, man. I don't know how much Christmas spirit I've got left in me, you know? I mean, I it pretty much exhausted it in between the age, you know, when my son was growing up. I think I, oh, yeah. all, the, all of the, yeah, and after I was over it, you know what I mean? It always, uh, it fires back up for me. It was uh, a couple of friends of mine, they have some cool traditions for uh, Christmas. And one of them involves like getting, getting a cedar tree. And uh, so we go get the cedar tree we bring it back to the house and every time i think that the christmas spirit is dead you know it's it's always the kids that bring me back into it seeing seeing their eyes when the when we drug that big old cedar in the house <laughs> like a, just a cedar like for your your christmas tree yeah oh okay yeah okay. yeah yeah I thought you like burnt something in the backyard or something. Oh, no, oh, no. But I'm sure it's cool though the burning of the Christmas tree oh, after is... Christmas is over though, right? Oh yes, that's a and that's another big part of it. And then also, I just um, most of my friends, you know, they they got young kids and toddlers now, so it's uh it's, it's good to be there when the kids ain't there and getting everything ready for uh, Santa, if you will. Yeah, helping out with that. So coolest like musical christmas you ever had like is there like some like group of cds or a cassette tape or something you got when you were a kid that just was amazing or an instrument or something that's like you woke up under the tree you were like holy crap that is so cool it's the coolest christmas ever and i woke up one christmas and had a bunch of legos i was like nine that was a big deal. hell yeah legos are still cool man yeah that was uh that was good uh uh, musically, I don't think I ever really got anything musically for Christmas. Not a record or anything like that. Really? Uh-uh. Like, I remember a couple um, distinct ones. Like, I remember, and it was just a no-name brand of bass, but I remember I asked my mom for a bass one Christmas, and I, like, woke up, and, like, you could see the street lights from out in the road kind of coming in on the uh, on the Christmas tree, and you could just kind of see the silhouette of a bass guitar sitting there. She had it all propped up on an amp. So it was a red cork 
bass guitar, and I fucking that was one of the coolest Christmases. <laughs> and then I was growing up, I was a uh, I was a little brother with big brothers, big sisters, mm-hmm. and my big brother got me a package of records. And this is really going to show my age because it was um, see if I still remember all the records that were in there. I remember Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry was in there. Um, I think uh, one of the Quiet Riot records was in there, and then Rat Out of the Cellar. And that, to me, like I opened those up, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And they were on vinyl, and I had a record player. You know, I was like, holy crap. And then, like, this past Christmas, I had made mention to my uncle. I said, you know, I would love to have a bass guitar just to play around on. Well, he sold one of his guitars and or traded it in for a bass guitar and gave me a bass. And so, and I, you know, it's just I have a lot of musical Christmases, I guess, because that's what I've kind of always been into. So everybody knows. And there's been a plethora of CDs and vinyl records that I've gotten over the years. That I, you know, yeah, that's something I, I, I guess I could do better uh, with my friends on because, like, if there's anything like a record or a CD or something that I want, I'm pretty bad about already having it. Yeah, yeah, and it's weird now, man, because everything's all downloads. You yeah. Know? It's yeah. like I need to find someone to gift all of my download cards to whenever I buy the vinyl, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, they pretty much, a lot of them just go in the trash because I have no use for them, you know. I don't download a whole lot of music on my phone, yeah. and I get so much stuff with doing indies only. I get so much stuff in my radio station email that, I mean, I've got any record you, you, you know, that I play on the show, I've got anything you want to hear, you know, yeah. full records, whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking like just over past Christmases, it's like, and my birthday's in November, so it's like boom, boom. So uh, you either had a, a great birthday or a great Christmas. It was... Yeah. Had to stagger them out. God, I would hate it to have been like born on like December 22nd. It's like, we're doing Christmas on your birthday. Yeah. The years ago, um, I was helping to raise uh, two young girls, and the the oldest one, her birthday was like December 23rd or December 24th. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, shit, you kind of you miss out when you like that. You know, like my son is December 8th, and that's close enough. Yeah, that's pretty close. You know, so, um, yeah, so happy birthday to him. Just turned 21 years old. How about Holy that? shit. It's kind of crazy, He's old man. enough to have a seat here now. Yeah, he said his, he said his uh, mother tried to get him to take a shot for his birthday, and he refused. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, come on. You're good, you're good to go. Don't, yeah. don't ruin your, your liver like your, your dad has. <laughs> Speaking of beer, speaking of drinking, uh, we've started out this evening with, yeah, an India it's, Pale Ale. Yes, it's uh, it's called Hialai. Hialai is a sport um, that they play in, is it Jamaica, I think, is where Hialai started. But it got real famous in, in Tampa, Florida. There was a big mob boss. There's a movie about him. And he injected a hell of a lot of money into Hialai down in Florida and ended up getting busted and I think killed or something. I don't remember. It's kind of crazy. Whitey, Whitey Somebody is the name of the movie. Hmm. So, But it's a fantastic beer. It's an IPA um, brewed with six different hop varieties, 7.5%. Um, and the IBUs, the International International Bitterness Unit, is a 65, so it's good and bitter. I like it, man. Yeah, this is one it's of fantastic. the favorites that we've had on, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. I'm, I don't know about the perfect score, but definitely it goes to five, right? Yep, yep. I'm going to say a strong 4.8, 4.9. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with you on that, yeah. I mean, I don't think it ranks up there with like a lamplighter. Or, and we've got the, the next beer we're going to try is out of Birmingham. A trim tab IPA, yeah, which is like my go-to like swimming pool beer, you know. And I had a which they're not here, but I had the uh, Stone Delicious IPAs, and uh, 
that's coconut, man. They're just it's kind of it's, it's a little bit different every time you go in there. That what's going to be in the fridge, what they're going to have cold yeah. this time, and this time it was a whole bunch of stone brewing, and I was like, well, I haven't really dabbled a whole lot in stone. So uh, yeah, it is yeah. delicious. If you ever get that uh, arrogant bastard, or like I was telling you, one of those uh, stones uh, drink by, those are really good, solid beers. You know, I had the craziest coconuts. That's that's not brewskis, is it? No, nah, coconuts it's is over same, on. It's owned by the same folks. Yeah, okay. Well, I had the craziest experience over at. Um, <laughs> my wife would laugh at me because um, she we, she totally had fun with it. So I get out of the car, and there's a car parked next to us in the parking lot of Brewskies in Starkville. And the car had the passenger side window is taped up with um, with clear packing tape. You know, you can't see through the window, you know, um, because there's so much tape on it, I guess, just trying to keep the, the air out or whatever. So I get out and I go in, and my wife said immediately when I got out, this half-drunk woman gets out and follows me inside. And so I was saying something to my wife when I was getting in the car and didn't really pay attention to what I was saying. I was like, yeah, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm walking around, and there's this woman kind of following me and, like, peeking around the corner, staring at me. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Who this that? is so crazy. I was like, who's this? And then she goes, she goes, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bother you, but I just think your voice was totally erotic, and I just had to tell you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I had my mask on, and I was like, "When?" I didn't even talk once I got in here. I didn't realize that she was in the car next hey, to uh yeah, and then when we were backing out, because she had went and got back in the car after that, and then I went and got in the car, shut the door, windows were down, we backed out, and she goes, and you're fine as hell, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, no. No, I ain't looking for no no methy girlfriend. Oh, come no. on. <laughs> but my wife totally, yeah. Sheila totally gets a kick out of it now. It's, it's wild, like, what, what some people just, I just, uh, just got to say this. Just over the years, some of the things I've heard, I'm yeah. like, you could have... You could have just went the rest it. of your life without saying that. Yeah. You know, just keep it to yourself. I, I hope I'm not that kind of friend, you know I mean? Because I know I speak my mind, but I hope I've never said anything that somebody's like, mm, yeah, you could have just never said that ever I don't again, know, like, you know, or, just to a complete stranger at a gas station? Yeah, like, no, no. Dude, your totally voice not. is totally erotic. No. And see, like, even in bars, you know, when I was coming up, I never, or, or, <laughs> or being out wherever... I wasn't the kind of, I wasn't a hit on, yeah, I was not a pickup line guy. I wasn't a hit on a girl thing. You know, if I would kind of make her feel comfortable by talking to her and, you know, it would never be that whole, you know, just one line, you know, yeah, the pickup line guy. I am never that kind of person. I like, I don't know. Obviously it works because people still do it, but I I think they do it. Does it really work? I, I don't, I've never personally seen it work. Like any time I see like the pickup line, yeah, it's always you get that snart look from the chick, and yeah, that, and that it's pretty much like a, a going fuck off somewhere. Yeah, but so there are now now I, I, we're going to assume that the majority of pickup lines come from men, right? Oh, it goes both ways, buddy. Yeah, well, we're going to all right. So just think about the people who fall for those pickup lines and go home with these people. What kind of person is that that will fall for one of those cheesy ass pickup lines? I think uh, liquid encouragement uh, <laughs> Maybe so. gives a lot After to After a while, it's yeah. like, I don't like you, but at least you're talking to me. Let's chat. And then it's like, yeah. okay, let's go. Yeah. yeah I, mm, mm, mm. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> We're good. Uh, we got it good round the table. Yeah. Of, uh, So we have uh, our playoff teams. We got Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati. Uh 
SEC championship game. What was you thinking going in? Um, I'm going to be honest. I thought they were going to whoop our ass. I went into it super confident. I was, yeah. I, I was on the opposite. Well, you and I talked like a month ago. Yeah. And you were super confident. You were like, here's, what, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go and meet Georgia in the SEC championship. Then we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And then I'm afraid that when we get to the national championship, we're going to lose. Yeah. So I'm waiting for your prediction to come true. I hope it doesn't. I, I would really to, love to see. it should be that dominant. Yeah. Of a W? I mean, man. Yes, but, you know, like Saban said in that rant he had the other night on his coach's show, he's like, you know, don't underestimate the team that just lost. Right. That's the last person you should underestimate. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing about college football or other sports like this is uh, you heard it time and time again. It's hard to beat the same team twice. Yeah. Because if – and I don't think Alabama did, and I don't think Georgia did either, uh, but you – after you've showed a reasonable amount of your playbook, mm-hmm. I mean, the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. And but I, I, mean, I don't think either team showed a whole awful lot. I mean, the guy who is coaching the other team knows half your playbook because yeah. he used to coach with you, you know? Right. Or at least knows what you're thinking. So, I don't know, man. I really hope – I would love to see. Just because I'm kind of I'm bored with the whole Georgia thing, you know? The I would Georgia like Crimson Michigan to win. Thing. I would love to see Michigan win it. And um, and go on. And if Cincinnati beats us, I want Cincinnati to go the whole. I want Cincinnati to win the national championship. Yeah. How cool would that be? Yeah. And, and here's the thing about it is like uh, as humble as I can say it, they play for a reason. And do I think that Cincinnati can beat Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we played New Mexico State earlier this season, they had a good of a chance at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good of a chance as A&M did. And they scored on us first, I believe, right? I, I, I believe yeah. that's right. And yeah. then we whooped their ass from well, that yeah, point Saban on. Saban had a meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, you always got to figure if we're, if we're going, if we're struggling, going into halftime, that second quarter is going to be freaking, or second half is going to be freaking right. amazing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's cool. Like the, uh, I think we've talked about this uh, in the past is, I call it the Saban effect when it comes to Tuscaloosa. Uh, do you think that goes back to uh, the culture that has kind of been Ex- Explain building? to me again the Saban effect. Uh, just how uh, Tuscaloosa has boomed economically. Oh, like, most with, definitely. Yeah, it's because we've got a winning football team. Hell yeah, 100%. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, do you think maybe that is – it kind of goes back to the music scene to where we lost the chucker and we lost these different scenes and – it's become something else. Um, well, I think that all I think pander. that all started whenever Alabama got ranked as like the number one party school in Playboy magazine, and I think the university saw that. And this was before Saban was there. I think the university saw that, and the university said, "Uh, uh-uh. we don't want that. Smoke. We don't want that. No, that's not because nobody's going to want to come send their kids to our school if we're the number one party school." Yeah. So I think that's when all the bands started going away because the venues that they could play in all went away. And the thing about it, though, like when you think about that, okay, I want a country cover band, that is literally going to be a party. You know? Yeah. It's like if you have original music, I'm not saying it's like... It's not the party I want to go to, but... That, yeah. And that's just it. It's sure. not the party I want to be at either, but that is going to set up because I think about it's closed now, but the cowbells just outside of Starville, mm-hmm. or even if I think about Rick's, the biggest nights, who's there? You might have like Snoop Dogg and cover Ricks, bands, but you're or have a country cover those band. '80s metal cover bands, yeah. you know. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I mean those those that shit sells. And I mean, I think what most people want they want a party scene. 
is what they want. They either want music that they can ignore in the background. Or they want or they music want that a, they know. Yeah, music that, yeah, exactly, songs they know. They're not willing to listen to uh, a Dexatines in most bars in Tuscaloosa, you know? Whereas you and I would flock to whatever place they decided oh, they yeah. were going to play, you right. know? Um, but most people aren't like us. And, you know, college kids coming up these days, I mean, you're talking about, you know, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Well, I'm mean, going to the bars, they're 21, 22, whatever. Um, they don't know what music scenes are. They know they're video games, you know? I mean, I think it's there's a generational gap. And I think that had a lot to do with why a lot of music scenes probably started to fade. Is because the younger generation, that wasn't their way to entertain themselves. That wasn't their way to break out and make us something of themselves. You know, they had total other ideas. You know, when back when I was coming up, everybody wanted to be in a band. My crew, you know, not everybody, because I grew up in Columbus, Mississippi, and yeah, New the, Hope. And, the punks did. Yeah, I mean, the punks all wanted to have bands. The skaters all wanted to be in bands. Right. You know, that's the way you can press the chicks back in the day, you know. And just, I think, priorities for kids have changed over the years. And music, to a certain extent, is not as important to them as it was to us. Because there's so much more that they can attach themselves to. I believe this, and with, like, the influence, and, like, let's just say with, uh, just use them as an example, because it's the first one that come to my mind, uh, to writing the jingle uh, for a fast food joint. Yeah. Or if it's Sean James, who uh, The Last of Us, which is I don't I'm not a gamer anymore, mm-hmm. but I know that was a big game for gamers. Yeah. And then Last of Us Two, well he wrote a song for both of those soundtracks. That is huge when it comes to finding an audience. Sure. Because you just tapped into millions of people. Not only age demographic is like we're talking anywhere from maybe a six seven year old to. Uh, someone up in their 50s who were playing this video yeah, game yeah. that just heard a Sean James song. And, and I'm not going to say that that's a bad idea at all. Oh, no. Because, I mean, look at Jack White's new song, Taking Me Back. It's in that video game commercial. Mm-hmm. And I think that launched it to regular rotation on Alt 1017. And you know who you could probably credit for all of that is Tony Hawk. Because when Tony, what was his? Oh, Pro Skater. Pro Skater. When the Pro Skater games rise against. Yes, man. When Pro Skater came out and all these punk bands started appearing, that was one of the coolest freaking things ever. I never play. I've never have been a gamer. I mean, I play Wordscapes on my phone. (laughs) That's about it. You know. EA Sports done it when they had a Madden or NCAA college football or MLB. Like Band of Horses would always be on their soccer games, and that was like music discovery. Because like when that song Mm -hmm. would come on. And I'm playing the game with my friend, and he was like, I like this song. And I was like, I've seen that band live three is it, times. Does it come down at the bottom of the screen? Yeah, the it tells you who like, it okay, is. Yeah. I've never, like I said, I don't yeah. play them. So. Yeah, it tells you. And like on top of that is like, I love good television shows. Like I haven't watched it personally, but was that song that everybody's raving about, Yellowstone? Yeah, yeah. yeah it, they it. say that it has got great Texas outlaw country artists on it, and they're huh. plugging really good Texas dirt bands yeah well that's cool yeah and uh i remember my favorite show when i was a teenager scrubs it mm-hmm. always that's how i got familiar with colin hay you know from uh minute work yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh they wrote him in as a sketch uh his song overkill mm-hmm. and uh one of the saddest episodes ever was uh dr cox's brother it was played by brendan fraser they wrote him in again to play the music for that entire episode yeah and it was like these shows even a great soundtrack to a movie is like I'm not the biggest movie buff, but if you put a good soundtrack on it, I'll remember your movie. Hell yeah, yes. 
like you think about like some days and confused. Yeah, it was. I think. I, I think just by knowing, I think that we're going to have a varying difference of great soundtracks. Sure. Like for me, anything Quentin Tarantino does. Oh yes. I'm, I want to hear the soundtrack. Oh brother, where art thou? A fantastic soundtrack. Which the movie sucked in the box office, but when the soundtrack came out and the movie was released on DVD, it was one of the best selling DVDs. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know about Dazed and Confused, but you know, shit. And I, I really can't think of a. Well, you think about the area, so or the era, so Dazed and Confused is based in the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Man, all those songs are like seventies, seventy yeah, oriented rock songs. Stuff, yeah, and then they the sequel, and they're supposed to be coming out with a nineties version soon. And that's going to be my shit, so I can't Got wait. You. But uh, the eighties version of Days Confused is called Everybody Wants Some, uh-huh. and soundtrack equally good. Uh, Everybody can, Wants Some. That was a Billy Squire song, I believe. That song is not on there though. <laughs> really? Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, they and Maybe they do a, wrong, but... they do a phenomenal job of capturing what it meant to be alive and in 80s they did the college scene yeah in days and confused you know they did the high school scene so i don't know what they'll do for the 90s maybe a mix of both all right well i'm gonna list off my three favorite soundtracks oh all right pulp fiction oh brother where art thou and singles singles have you ever seen the movie singles it is it is um matt Dillon is in it um it takes place in Seattle, right as the whole grunge thing is really starting to pop oh, that's back cool. in the '90s. So you got you got everybody on there from Sonic Youth to Soundgarden to Nirvana. I mean, it's a. I don't think Nirvana's on there. I was wrong on that. Maybe Mudhoney's on there. It's a phenomenal soundtrack, and the movie's really cool too. Oh, I could. I think Winona cool. Ryder's in it. Maybe. I'm kind of on the spot. I, I'm gonna put Days Confused on there. Uh, I think that Tropic Thunder had a great soundtrack. You remember that comedy? I've never seen. I, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Step Brothers had a phenomenal soundtrack. LCD Sound System. You remember uh, mm-hmm. up at uh, Saturn when we were interviewing uh, Safety Town? Yeah. He brought them up as a reference. That's one of the yes. uh, LCD Sound System is yes. one of the opening bands in that movie. Oh, wow. When they first meet each other, it's like, you had to call me Nighthawk. <laughs> yeah. And then LCD Sound System comes on. That's how yeah. I found them. Okay. okay. Let me let me mention another one, too. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. It's the guy who plays... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy has a great soundtrack. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. The mixtapes off of Guardians of the Galaxy, for sure. But no, the guy who played in Juno, who played the, the guy, the main guy that okay. got her pregnant, he played in another movie... Where he Billy Pilgrim or something like that? Yeah, saves the world. Saves the world. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. There you go. That soundtrack phenomenal. Oh, it slapped. <laughs> that was like a very punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally crazy. That was, that was an out there movie. That was a great. And also too, I mean, so now we're talking movie. about soundtrack shit. Um, the uh, uh, Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Okay. That was a freaking that had everything from Nine Inch Nails to the Cowboy Junkies on it. So.
Miss Elvis just going to chill tonight. He's doing a good job. We got our man coon here. Mm-hmm. And we are back from the break. Uh, we have moved on to beers. Uh, Trim Tab, their IPA. I think, in my opinion, Gravitational aside, Nectar. Yes, I think aside from um, Druid City's IPA, one of my favorites. Um, definitely, this is like a pool beer for me. I mean, for a lot of people, you know, to think of, I mean, what's the gravity on this 6.3. thing? 6.3. 6.3. A lot of people would think, that's not pool beer. Nah, totally is for me. You know, yeah. that's it's not a... It's not a ten percent IPA or a or a nine percent or eight percent. Very you know? easy sipper. Yeah, man. Uh, Good solid flavor. I'll, I'll say this uh, difference between the two. Like this is a probably should the high Allah. High lie. High lie. Yeah. Probably should have finished with that one. I guess just because of the hop content. Well, I feel we, like I'm I'm starting over with this one. Well, we we finished with this one because this one was not cold <laughs> fully that's, whenever we got started. I like was so. <laughs> but it's good to say the least. I'm gonna go like uh, like you said. It, it'd be good with the pool. It'd be good with your buddies at the campfire. I'm gonna say a solid four point two. I'm gonna say a solid five. Oh, sh- yeah. I like. I it. rank it better than the. I think it's better than the highlight. All right. And I mean, I hope the guys from Trim Tab might listen to this show and go, "Well, hell yeah." There you I mean, go, Trim, Trim Tab. Tab. Trim Tab could be a sponsor of this show because we've had quite a few Trim Tab beers. We, we one of my favorite, I think my favorite breweries in Birmingham definitely have to be um, Trim Tab and Good People, for sure. Yeah, I, I, one of the two for sure for me. Yeah. I, I'm a real big fan of uh, Good People, no doubt. Mm, man, the El Gordo and the Snake Handler. And mm, mm. Even their IPA, their IPA for me is a good pool beer. Yeah, I was, there's the Andy Gator and the Snake Charmer, and anytime I guess I see someone with a D IPA. Snake Charmer or Snake Handler? Handler, I'm sorry. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> Snake Charmer is a 410. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a, a Father's Day gift I got my father. He used to like riding four-wheelers, and he would uh, ride these red dirt roads around mm-hmm. uh, the house. And if he would come across like a rattlesnake or whatever, I went and got him. It's like a... It's a short little 410 shotgun mm-hmm. that, that'll just sit across the handlebars of a four-wheeler. Yeah. And you just one-arm it. You know, yeah, wow. Blow them away. So it was, it was his community service. A little shortcut 410. <laughs> but, yeah, that is a snake charmer. Uh, snake handler. Uh, anytime I, I see an Andy Gator or a snake handler or a double IPA, I say to myself, that is a man that is on a mission. (laughs) And not only is he on a mission, he wants to get there quickly. Yes. He doesn't want to piss all night. No, he doesn't. (laughs) He wants wants to drink his beer, four or five of them, and then pass out on a couch. Last time I was in Foley down for the 4th of July, I go to Foley or Mobile every 4th of July to hang out down there with everybody. And uh, me and Sid show up to his brother-in-law's house. And uh, we got a six-pack of Andy Gator. Mm-hmm. And then we have, a, I think, a 12-pack of, like, a Michelob Ultra or something like that. And uh, we pull out the Andy Gator, and his brother-in-law, he's like, I wish I would have told me we were on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'm going to let out something cool right now for everybody in the Tuscaloosa, Birmingham area. If you go down to the Piggly Wiggly off Exit 1 in Macadory, mm-hmm. you can get, and you used to be able to when I lived over in that, at those parts, used to be able to go there and you could get a growler of snake handler for 
18 um hold on 11 12 dollars that's a great deal. Twelve dollars, and they have Andy Gator on that's tap a, as well. That's a four pack. I don't even know if you can do a four pack of those with that. Yep, I know. Well, if you go to Lusa Brews in Tuscaloosa, it's twenty one dollars, or at least it used to be for a, a growler of snake handler. Yeah. So there shit. you go. Shout out. Hit that up. Yeah. <laughs> Twelve dollars, man. Well, dude, uh, we're moving into the the latest part of the year, and uh, putting myself on the spot too, and uh, we'll talk our way through it, but. Uh, what were some of the most impression? Well, maybe that's not the best word. Maybe it is. Uh, songs that left the biggest impression on you during 2021. Oh my gosh, man! Um, near about every song except for the Wild Thing song on the Blips record made impressions on me. Um, I think the best song of the year is Valentine by Snail Mail. Okay. Um, I really fucking dug that song so much. And, I mean, the song she had after it, Madonna, or whatever it was called, I didn't really love that as much. Um, I think that uh, Don't Tell the Boys from Petey, P-E-T-E-Y, I think is one of the best songs of the year. Um, the And then and, and after you said it, because I played the song on Indies Only, Taylor Hollingsworth, um, when she saw her daddy cry. When she saw her daddy cry. Like, I didn't think about it in the same way before you said something about how that is the best song he's ever written. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, holy shit, I think it is. That's an amazing song. That's definitely going to be on my top songs of... of then that had an impression on me, you know? That was, yeah, that was uh, the first song that I was going to bring up. I remember when, uh, you know, he sent it over there to me, you know, it hits on indies only and i'm about to start sharing it on porch talk and i remember the first time i just listened through it hit play again mm-hmm. and i just sat through it again i was like dang taylor yeah like not not to take anything away from you know uh tap dancing daddy or yeah tap or, or the blips or anything but yeah. i was like really did dig that track yeah like I, I looked at it differently after you said it was the best song he's ever written. I was like, okay, well, let me listen to it again. I listened to it again. I was like, oh, damn, I get it, dude. Because yeah. like up to that point, I think my favorite Taylor Hollingsworth solo outside of Dead Westphalia. Singers, Blips, whatever, you know. Um, well, yes, Westphalia, but but I think probably Devil and Me. Oh, yeah, that's good. I one. love that fucking song, man. Um, and he was on his. Uh, on his uh, Instagram feed the other day doing Devil and Me. I was mm-hmm. like, hell yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Honorary cheer for Taylor Hollingsworth. Yeah, yeah. Honorary cheer, honorary cheer. Hey, we, yeah. Yeah. Some of that in there. To Taylor Hollingsworth. Um, definitely, I mean, without even being here, probably the biggest part of this show other than you and I. You know, I because every that. episode is. <laughs> he gets that. mentioned. Yeah, he gets mentioned almost every episode. Um, let me think about other songs, man. Because um, there's been so much this year. I'm gonna slap this uh, at the blues, and we can talk through genres or however. I really did enjoy Eddie Nine Volts' record. Oh hell yeah! And I, I, Cedric Burnside. All right. So now are we getting into best records of the year? Yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, we, we still do songs, you know. Let's just flow. All right. Exchange so, it. so Sed's new record, definitely yeah. one of the best of the year. The Blips, obviously, one of the best records of the year. Yes. yes. Um, gosh, man, like I've, I, I, up until you asked me, I, 
That's why I was like, I don't want to put us all on the spot. Let's just let the conversation go yeah. a little bit. I mean, um, definitely um, follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Monk on the Radio because I will be putting out that list. And I've really got to think, man, because I still get clouded because for me, the Waxahachie St. Cloud record was such there was such a phenomenal record of last year. I always want to put that at the top of my list this year, but I think the blips are going to go in first, uh, followed by Cedric Burnside. Yeah. I mean, oh, shit. And what else has come out? That new PD record, I really fucking dig. And, like, like I didn't get it. Like, I really got into PD when he when I heard the full record when it came out. Because the first song they released to radio, I was like, eh, no. But if you follow PD USA, again, P-E-T-E-Y, if you follow PD on Instagram, he does these videos where it's all he's the only actor but it's like three or four dudes sitting around talking to each other. And it's both fucking hilarious and phenomenal, man. Uh, Sheila and I both um, both follow him and just laugh and giggle. Oh, did you see the new thing that Petey just posted, uh-huh. you know? Um, God, let me think, man. Dude, just you keep talking. I'll think You know, more, like, uh, and the record's not here yet, but I, I've been really excited to hear some new Band of Horses. I've seen you've been sharing it man, on Indies Only. I mean, I've it's had... solid... The two, and especially the first song, Crutch, yes, that was released. I mean, I like the In Need of Repair, the new song that I'm playing, but that first song, Crutch, was like, holy shit. Because I've been, I've been waiting, like for me, because I know you're a huge fan, it's like your favorite band, but like I've been waiting for that follow-up to the funeral. Yeah, so you've been waiting for like three hours. So the, so the funeral <laughs> has was such a fucking fantastic song. Um, and we ain't really that whole record was. And I've kind of like become like the Radiohead person. Like whenever you mention Creep, it's like <sighs> when everyone says like, "Oh, Band of Horses." I know the funeral, and I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, what? <laughs> and I think that's everybody's response. It, it, oh yeah, the funeral. I know those guys. Well, it's it, not allowing me to open up my Google Docs, so I can't look at. I was past... going to ask you about your Spotify Wrapped. Uh, it, like oh the, my Spotify wrapped I've got it all saved in my photos man I took screenshots <laughs> I didn't listen to a whole lot of Spotify this year I want to do a better year a uh, better a uh, better listening in Spotify so it can be better well, next year but it was uh, number one for me was punk number one this, genre this year now granted I didn't listen a whole lot on Spotify what was my favorite genre okay so let me let me go through my Spotify yeah so for for one I just changed my password to Spotify. Because it says that um, wellness was my number one podcast topic of the year, and I don't listen to anything but porch talk podcasts. So we are wellness, could, baby. How, how could that <laughs> be wellness? So somebody else was in my Spotify account apparently. But here's what here's my Spotify unwrap. You listen to three thousand five hundred and seventy eight different artists, but things got pretty serious with one. Which one do you think that is? Okay, say it again. It said you listened to three hundred or sorry, three thousand five hundred and seventy eight different artists, but things got pretty serious with one. Lucero. Mm-hmm. Lucero, um, um my top artist was Lucero. I was in the top O point five percent of their listeners this year. I spent a total of two thousand three hundred and fifty six minutes with them and just couldn't get enough of On My Way Downtown, which is one of my favorite songs from them. So that was right. <laughs> so my top um, my top five artists listened to in 2021 were Lucero, number one, Iron and Wine, number two, Leonard Cohen, number three, Early James, number four, and Dead Fingers, number five. Nice. Um, let's see. My top songs, 
the top song was early James Blue Pill Blues. Yeah. Um, second one was um, this you know, guy the- named RX. Um, R- um, Ryx is his name. R Y X. Um, his song Ya Ya Ya. Okay. I fucking love. Yeah. You know, like uh, Blue Pill Blues, uh, Buddy of Mine Down in Foley. Uh, when I shared Early James with him, and he, he plays music, he likes music. You know his only critique of that song? What? It's not long enough. <laughs> For real? Seriously? <laughs> Seriously? What, like two and a half minutes long? I mean, it's longer than that. It's a, I think it? it's like three and a half. But yeah, he was no. like, I mean, he could have went on. Shit, yeah. Yeah, it says, my top, my top song of the year was Blue Pill Blues by Early James. You played it at a very reasonable 56 times. <laughs> so, Psycho. <laughs> yeah, and, and so I spent 65,204 minutes listening to all my music on Spotify. That's more than 90% of other listeners in the United States. <laughs> Just to give you a little taste of how important music is. Yeah, 223 different genres this year. I don't remember what my top... I don't think I screenshotted my top genre. I think it was like um, um, indie country or something like that. You know, like which Lucero and... Would fall into. Yeah, yeah. Iron and Wine as well. Yeah. Yeah, mine was... I mean, it was a typical year. Like, outside of uh, Spotify rap, which mine doesn't look that good. I probably didn't even have 100 hours worth of listening to Spotify. Yeah. It's not my main way of getting music. Once again, it goes back to emails. Uh, and also... It, people sending me things and then i use apple music yeah and if i'm not on that it's youtube yeah well mine's mine's hooked to my dot my echo dot And like with this year and i think it's the same as last year is and we said it on break was some of my favorite performances are some of my favorite youtube videos or however i've ingested it were songs that have not been recorded on a record yet like they, they, this is like an unreleased song. Like Black Flag T-shirt Lament. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm so glad that I can get it now. <laughs> I can listen yeah. to it because it's on his new record. Yeah, you can go to uh, apartridge.com and you can get you a copy of that CD. Or you can get the LP, which will be coming out uh, later this year. Uh, apartridge.com. Yeah. There's a plug. I saw him in, uh, in Northport at the um, Kentucky. Yeah. Arts Festival. Yeah, yeah. And um, was talking to him. And it was really cool, too, because um, a, a guy who's pretty big in the Columbus Arts Council, um, Bernie Imes, uh-huh. he went the next day and saw Abe and liked Abe's stuff so much. He was like, hey, you know, you should show at the Columbus Arts Council. And he goes, oh, no, I talked with, with, uh, with Monk yesterday. And, yeah, I'm totally showing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... Because we're, we're having him in August of 2022. He's going to show in the main gallery. Then he's going to play upstairs in the Omnova Theater. So this so. will be the second time I've seen him. So they, they're doing a re-release on the Psych Peace, uh Oh, yeah. Record release party. And so I'm going to be going back down for that show. And that is... Uh, it's around New Year's. I think it's uh, uh, 1-6 of next year, if I'm not mistaken. i got to look at a calendar. But I will be making January that 6th. trip. Yes, yeah. I think I think I've got to look. Uh, I know it's uh, it's right around New Year, and so the plan is is that both of these guys have been on the show. Uh, my buddy Mr. Garrett, who plays guitar for uh, Psych Peace, and uh, Mr. Partridge will be uh, hopefully joining me for a podcast the following day after the show, uh, just to have them both back on the show. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, just to kick it, because uh, Psych Peace. 
probably one of my favorite. That's, it's probably my third favorite band. Is that on? Is that on vinyl? Yeah, I've got it on vinyl at the house. Well, shit, I need to get online and order it then. Uh, yeah, you spend some should. Christmas money on it. Yeah, you should. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that it never got released, but I'm sure you could write Abe, and he'd probably send you one. I don't. I don't think it's listed. But you could, not, you, yeah. you, you could probably ride him and tell him. It'll, it'll, well, I mean, I could, could buy probably, one. I could probably buy one when he yeah. comes to play August next year, yeah. too. Yeah, you know? that's, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Just say totally if, you, if you wanted it now, or I could let you borrow my copy. Uh, no, I'm good. One side is live, and the other side is studio, and it's awesome. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. There ought to be more punk records like that, because I think a lot of punk rec- punk bands shine on their live shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I... Whenever I introduce uh, anyone to Psych Peace, if that record's not handy, if I'm not at the house, I go straight to their YouTube page. I was like, just watch it. Because you, you can get the energy through that video. Because, like, I, the studio side is great. Yeah. But I, I go that live side first. It is awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a different side of Ape. Sure, sure. It's like the, like, I, won't, I don't want to say the dark side of the moon, but it's, it's, it's the other side of the coin. Like I've met him and I've I've seen his art and I've heard his music and I've um, I've seen like interviews with him online and stuff and like I don't know it's hard to imagine Abe Partridge doing Go, some punk rock going you know? hard yeah yeah you know going like earlier we were standing on the back porch and we were talking about Shooter Jennings yeah and then I told you you got to check out the Black Ribbons record yeah. And it's totally not anything you've ever heard from Shooter well, Jennings. That's got before, some you know? electronic sounds yeah, on there. Yeah, a, little, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of rock too on that record, you know. And so it's really kind of it's cool. I love diversity in music. You know, I love it when a band totally throws you a fucking left field. I am the kind of person that really likes like a band like ACD. I don't like ACDC that much, but but a band like ACDC where you know what you're going to get record to record to record. You know. Um, so I really like it when there's the occasional chance that you're like, "Holy shit, what the hell is he doing?" You know, I love it. That's a yeah, and uh, I mean I, that just goes back to my point from uh, 2020 and 2021 is uh, some of my favorite songs of this year are unreleased, uncut, just yeah. something I just happen to be there for, and like. To be hopefully coming out of the pandemic to where we're all going to just walk away from this and go back to normal life is uh, I'm glad that so many people are not showing all their cards. Like, I know there's a lot of uh, records and CDs out there that are recorded and ready to be released, but it just ain't time. Yeah. And uh, that gives me a lot of hope for next year, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for 2022 because I know that Lucero is back in the studio. So yeah. another Lucero record on the way. Um, and there's probably so many that I'm just not even noticing. Yeah, I know there's so many records that still have yet to come out yeah. that are going to be phenomenal. Uh, Jack White is releasing two records in 2022. He's the already headlining. Be- like, I've got friends already sitting with, like music festivals all over. and like He's a big headliner on a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, we're... Um, I, I, I sent Sheila a thing the other night because he's going to be playing, I guess, the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. I was uh-huh. like, ooh, maybe another trip to the one of my least favorite cities, but, you know, maybe I'll go check it out up there. I'd um, rather catch it in Memphis. Yeah, and then I'm going to – well, no, there's no there's no Memphis show oh. for Jack White. But Waxahachie is playing in Memphis. So she's playing Growlers 
which I've, I know, I've had a few friends, musician friends that have played there before. I think it sounds like a cool place. I mean, Growlers, I, it, it indicates to me that there's probably a lot of like craft beer there. So I'm like, hell yeah, great night. Let's get a Uber and a <laughs> and a uh, Airbnb. You know? Yeah, sure. But yeah, Waxahachie's going to be playing Memphis as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing her. So a lot of stuff coming in in uh, 2022. But right now, like as far as me and Indies only, I'm at a I'm at a standstill because this was the last reporting week for the specialty charts. So now it's all on me. So I plan to do a regular show this week. Um, the week of Christmas, the week of New Year's, of course, it'll be a best of 2021, a repeat show. And then on your request, I will, at the first of the year, do a female-fronted best of 2021. Nice. So you like that when I did it in 2019. I did not do that in 2020 because the weeks kind of got away from me when the record... Because when they, when they come back, I got to start reporting and I got to have new stuff in the lineup. So, yeah. So we'll have that. Yeah. Yes. So that's something female fronted. So anything you heard on Indies Only or you know about that I don't know about that you Dree Lear. Yes, I'll be playing some Dree Lear. Dree Lear will make it into the female fronted. Yes. How about that? Faux show. Little uh Buckle Bunny. Yeah. Oh shit. I forgot about Buckle Bunny, yeah. I mean, well, I, mean was... I haven't really delved into because I've got my twenty twenty my best of twenty twenty one playlist done. Um for the most part. So I think I know what I'm playing there, but as far as the female fronted, it's going to shit going to come out the woodwork. You want to get you some rude and true on there? Some who? Rude and true. Rude and true. What's that? Mm. That is uh, Rebecca Eglin. And uh, uh, well, this you did not turn me on to. I will. I'll get okay. you. I'll get. Yeah. You, I'll get some of that over your way. Uh, but yeah, that's her and her drummer from the Reb. Oh, I forgot what it was supposed to be the Rebecca Eglin band. So yeah, Reb that works. Reb, yeah, 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 yeah. So her and her drummer, uh, they have, and when I say drummer, it's more of a percussionist because I, I believe like he could play on this table and it would be sure it would be fine. Any good yeah. drummer could. Well, sure. I mean, I think there's a difference in a drummer and a percussionist. Uh, I, I don't know truly how yeah. to. I don't know how to draw that line, but I think there is a difference. Yeah, I mean, I totally get it. I mean, I, what? what's the true difference? I mean, could a drummer just play pots and pans and a percussionist play a table or a wall or any hollow-sounded box or whatever, you know? Yeah, I, mean, they, I think a drummer could, too. Sure. So maybe, because I'm thinking about Taj, and I was like, that guy's awfully gifted. I'm thinking about Jaco. Because, I mean, I look at, like, when I think of a percussionist drummer, like one that could just, like, play all these different freaking drum instruments and it's all totally cool, um, I think about Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction and... Jane's Addiction and Porno for Pyros. Okay. I mean, that dude is one of the most phenomenal drummers out there. I think Neil Peart could probably pretty much play anything, so I'd call him a percussionist and a drummer yeah. as well, you know? Because it's not, it's one thing to keep a beat, but to fill in between the gaps. Yeah, that's... You know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm coming out of nowhere because I've never played drums in my life. I can keep a beat, but that's as far as I go. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it and drop it real quick for you. <laughs> so, and that's the thing. Like, I think there's a totally different ball game when it comes to 
you know, someone who plays uh, acoustic or electric guitar or someone who is a rhythm guitar player and someone who is a lead guitarist. Sure. And, like, just because I'm a rhythm guitarist, like, I, I'm going to say, like, I, I have a preference toward the rhythm guitars, but I don't need one around me because then he might be better than me. Gotcha. So yeah. I, I want to be surrounded by lead guys, but yeah, but I mean, you take these lead guys too. But like when you take a, somebody like SRV, Stevie yeah. Rayvon, yeah, yeah, is the thing about him, which I believe any rhythm guitar player can be a great lead player, but not every lead guitar player can be a good rhythm player. Okay, and it's all in the strum hand. Yeah. And that's what made SRV eternally different. And that's why I would say on my list of greatest guitar players, SRV is at the top of the list. No doubt about that. Not to take anything away from anyone else, Van Halen or whoever you want to bring up. Sure. It's just I was so uh, enamored. Like uh, the guys from, uh, oh, they sung. Oh, he didn't didn't even use a pick. Oh. Oh, I'm blanking. Sultan the Swing was one of their songs. Oh, uh, dire Straits. Mark Knopfler. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he would be number two for me as far yeah. if I was going to give you a list of guitar players. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't even gotten to Jimmy or whomever yet, you know. Sure. Yeah. We got Alex Lifeson from from Rush and absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's some phenomenal guitar. I, I, I mean, I don't. I tend to look at bass players. I always have. Oh, well, who's your top? Is it Philly? I know I'm probably going to say it's probably Les Claypool. Yeah, we said this in the past. Because Les Claypool, I think, is he's a lot more intricate, and I don't think he has to. I mean, there's just like certain people, I guess, like, and I really hate to say this, but like there's certain people even like with their vocal, they don't have to think about what they're doing. Like Carrie Underwood doesn't have to think about it. It just fucking comes out of her. Yeah. You know, I think that. And Flea, it really comes out of him too, but it's two different styles. But the way that that Les Claypool just kind of plays with different sounds and noises. He's kind of like he and Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine are on the same level because Tom Morello, he he in, he experiments with all these different sounds because Les Claypool is doing nothing but tuning his his amp differently or, you know, like a certain pedal with something cut up on it. You know what I mean? There's like, but he's getting this weird ass sound out of it. But the way he can just like play and not even pay attention like he could carry on a conversation with you and just fucking slap out Tommy the Cat it's just crazy to me I'll tell you something about Tom you heard the latest single that he put out under his own name I have not was it the Night Watchman or under Tom Morello it's under Tom Morello okay no I have not uh, and I was listening to uh, I Am The Highway of Audio Slave yeah which, which he, he fronted sure, or yeah. didn't front but he was lead, he was lead guitarist yeah, yeah. Uh, stole his own guitar lick did he? And dude, it's not note for note, but it's like he's using the same pedal that he was using for that effect, and he's using some of the same. He's in the same yeah. area on the neck. And right when I heard it, I was riding around with my coworker, and it was like, "That sounds like I am the highway." And we put the two on, like yeah. back to back, and I fast forwarded to the solo, and I was like, "Uh huh, uh huh, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, it totally is." Yeah, I mean, that's ripping off yourself. I don't know if you can say that you are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but shit, you can do it 
more than anybody else can. Yeah. You can riff off yourself and be cool and honest with it because, yeah. I mean, fuck, you came up with that to well, begin with. So We got a big conversation about that the other day. It was, uh, we got in an argument over which came first. Was it Soundgarden or Audio Slave? And I was like, Soundgarden. Chris Cornell got asked to vocal for Audio Slave after Audio Slave had a bit of a tuckus uh, with some inside members. And then Morello asked Cornell to come front it. Do you remember all that? I don't, because what the Cause story? The story audio, I remember. Audio Slave is a supergroup. Yes, because the story I remember was Rick Rubin was sitting in his studio and talking with Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. and he's like, or Tom Morello or whoever, and he says, "You really ought to team up with Chris Cornell," and that's the story I heard about how so, they came together. So was I, I might be remembering it wrong. Then I didn't think that Cornell was on the original Audio Slave. Oh yes, he, he was, was on every record. Okay, well, never because, I, I'm wrong. Yes, because Rick Rubin basically like he did, he did with... Um, Temple of the Dog? No, no, he had nothing to do with that. But like he did with the Beastie Boys. He said, hey, you guys ought to start doing rap music. <laughs> and they were a fucking punk band. Yeah. You know, Beastie Boys were. Yeah. So that's why when the Beastie Boys came out, they did this thing for years and years and years. All of a sudden, they come out with the Paul... the um, Not Paul's Boutique. Well, they, I guess they play their instruments. But when they came out with the Check Your Head record... They started playing their own instruments, man. The rap world was like, what the fuck? These guys play <laughs> instruments? None of us play instruments. We, yeah, we freaking rap to a track, you know? That's it. Yeah, and freaked them out. <laughs> that's epic. Yeah, so, I mean, we could look back at the Wikipedia or whatever, but, yeah, as far no. as I know, that's the way. That's It came together as a, the brainchild of Rick Rubin. That, that may have, uh, and I don't remember what the source of it was when uh, – it might have just been Apple Music, and I don't know how reliable that is. But when I pulled up Audio Slave, I was like, "Yeah, see, Chris Cornell is already doing this thing. He was invited to this, so maybe like he wasn't the original front." And then Ruben said, "You screw that. You need to get Chris." Yeah, I don't, I don't know that part of the story. I just heard one that of he, my, one of he my told f- Tom Morello, "Hey, you and Chris Cornell need to start a band together." And I think Rage Against the Machine, fronted by. Chris Cornell and mixed with a little Soundgarden-esque yeah. Chris Cornelli stuff wouldn't really work, yeah. And so, I mean, I'm a huge uh, Chris Cornell uh, fan. Certainly, uh, what I would say he caught the tail end of grunge. He was more post-grunge for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely probably one of my favorite male vocalists of all time. Yeah. What do you mean about post-grunge for you? Like, you found them afterwards well no i would say sound garden was in the in the middle of grunge but like when do you say grunge died because i think sound garden still i mean i don't think grunge -grunge. ever died a lot of people would say that when when kurt cobain died it kind of died it dissipated for but sure. i mean but you look back into the to the early to i'm not say early numbers um the late um to to the late nineties, you had, I mean, Soundgarden already had before, I mean, sorry, not late nineties, late eighties. Yeah, it was the late eighties. Yeah. You had Soundgarden had already, already, all, already released the Flowers record, um, the, um, Screaming Life FOP EPs. They had already, already released all those. Allison Chains had already released, um, um, Facelift. Yeah. You know, there was a, the grunge music was there. Green River was a band. Mother Love Bone was a band all before Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains came in and went, boom, hey, here we are. Yeah, you know, sure. It was MTV that kind of made grunge And I guess like what I mean by posts is like, I found grunge like looking back, you know, I wasn't born like 
grunge hit the scene, I was looking back at it. Yeah. And so, like, when, I guess when I say post-grunge, it's like Chris Cornell and Soundgarden survived because it seemed like to me, like, okay, you lost Kurt, you lost Lane. Like, it seemed like all the the grunge bands were losing front men. You know, does that make sense? Sure, sure, yeah, 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 yeah. And then his uh, his solo record of of the truth. Oh, it was it was talking about Kurt. I mean, uh, sorry, talking about Chris. Yeah, it was it was a triangle on the record. Uh, It was it was a title track for that record. It was something about the truth or honesty. I don't remember it, but it was. I liked it better than Soundgarden or Audio Slave or Temple of the Dog. It was just him. It was was the best record that he had ever done, in my opinion. I would say the best thing he ever did was his version of Nothing Compares to You. His voice shined like a fucking diamond on that song. And if you could, like, make a list of people who shouldn't be covered, would Prince not be on that list? I don't know if you do do that. No, I mean, you know, I mean, like, I've thought, like, there are certain bands, like, I don't know if, if, if the Beatles should really be covered. But they, yeah. Because they're so fucking monumental. Um, I don't really care if I hear Elvis covers, because I don't think, I mean, Elvis, but Elvis, if you think about Elvis as an artist, the majority, I'd say like 89% of all the stuff he did was all a cover song, something somebody else wrote, you know? But I, I don't know, I think at the Beatles, I see what you're saying, because I put the Beatles in that category. I don't think... You can't, you can't be as good as the Beatles, ever. Well, think about Aerosmith or Gary Clark Jr. We've come together. I believe both of those were great. The, those, my, it was great covers. My favorite fucking Beatles song. But it's a great cover. I yeah, mean, Gary I, Clark Jr. really rocked it and blues sure, it out. Sure, and a hundred other bands have rocked that song sure. pretty good, you know? And I, and I would and agree. I, I would put the, did a I would, great job of it. I would put the Beatles on that list, too. Uh, I would say uh, Prince. Uh, I would put uh, Michael Jackson on that list, just because it's hard to emulate. Sure, but like Prince, though, I mean that song was covered well before Chris Cornell got to it. Oh yes, you it know, was. That was that was not Prince as a solo artist. That was Prince with his band, The Family, uh-huh. that had nothing compares to you. And then when Sinead O'Connor did the song and made it a fucking smash hit, and he made gazillions of damn money off of it, and then wanted to buy Sinead O'Connor's plane ticket so she can go back to Ireland and <laughs> F off, you know? That wasn't right. No, man, she made you a lot of fucking money. <laughs> Respect what she did, because you listen to the family's version of that song and listen to her version, their first version sucks, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just I don't know. Prince is not one of those people that I hold. I admire what he did, and he was amazing at what he did, songwriter, all that stuff, but I'm not a Prince dude, you know? I don't... You're just like, he's like queen to me. I respect what you did, but I just don't dig your shit, you know? You write great songs, Mm -hmm. and when other people do them, I like them. But I love a good cover song, man. I've got an entire Spotify playlist of like seven hours worth of nothing but cover songs, you know? I mean, like, give me John Paul White doing Billie Jean with Civil Wars all day long. (laughs) I'll take that shit 100%, man. That is a fantastic cover. You know, when they just both on there. What's what's her name? Um, I can't remember her name. I'm sorry. I'm from from the Civil Wars. But it's like when when they go, 
Billie Jean. This is so emotional. It's so different. Um, I mean, shit, Alien Ant Farm covering Smooth Criminal. Which was bit like, and that was the way I discovered it. I thought it was Alien Ant Farm song. Yeah, 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 for for true. Michael Jackson, all right, dude, your shit was cool, but it's cool when people cover. I think that is like the ultimate form of flattery is like, hey, you covered my shit. You love me. You love my music. You love that song enough to where you felt like you wanted to make it yours. I would think that would be totally cool. I, I like it when, I, and uh, there's a great YouTube channel of this. They'll make a list, and so let's just say that we have a band like the Punch Brothers who are folk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll show up, and they Chris Thiele, amazing and music. They end yeah. up covering, uh, was it Reptilia uh, by? Oh my gosh. You know the yeah 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 yeah, oh, yeah. What is I'm, that? I'm drawing what, blank. what is that just name? with you but but I want to say muse it's not muse not muse not muse it's not muse uh, but anyway they would go on to cover that and so I like that that's that's a tad bit of uh, flattery because those are like opposite opposed genres to me when you have like folk and then that is a very progressive what would you say that of Post punk, yeah, I mean, it's no different than Michael Jackson and Alien Ant Farm. That's really, exact. You know? That's exact yeah. same. Or or Chris Thiele covering. Um, damn, drawing all kind of. It's the freaking Trim Tab IPA. Thank you guys. Um, Chris Thiele covering the White Stripes. Fell in love with a girl. Yep. You yep, know, I mean, that that's works. that's what you're talking about. That yeah, works. let me let me check my covers playlist because <laughs> what song was that? I don't think it was uh, "Fell in Love with a Girl." I'm gonna find out who sings "Rip to You" while we're here. There you go. That's what we need to do. Pull out my Google box. Google box, dude. The Strokes. Yeah, there you go. I should be ashamed of myself. Oh, you know, one of my favorite covers I just saw on my list, um, there was an Alabama tribute record years ago, and Lucero covered The Closer You Get. Oh, the closer yeah. you get, the further I fall. Oh, yeah. It's an amazing cover. Cake's version of I Will Survive, definitely. All right, Chris Thiele. I'm just going to look up Chris Thiele because he is uh, one of the most amazing mandolin players ever. It's true. Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground was the song he covered. Which is fantastic. That was a solo record for him. Man. Yep. We've covered uh, Christmas. We've covered quite a few topics. I, I think it was really, like, I enjoyed tonight probably, we, like, we always, like, have a subject that we're going to stick to. You gave me a subject. And we totally went off the rails. And I think the flow and the conversation and the way we just kind of bounced off each other was just immaculate tonight, man. I, I thank I thank Cigar City Brewing and Trim Tab Brewing Company for helping out with man, that. Man, uh, welcome to Porch Talk. Yeah, it's, man. Uh, when I was doing, uh, for the episode before this, um, and whenever I have those Skype calls, because, like, you get... This cat's out of Texas, or when I, whenever I get to do a, a call out to California or out to Boston, is I'm not sitting face to face because, mm-hmm. like, usually I've driven to the place, and so I've most of the damage is on my end. 
Yeah. And, like, number one, I promise that we're not going to have a bad time. We're going to have a good time doing this. But I really want to do my homework, and I want to do a good job of hosting the show. Sure. And I'm about an hour in of doing research on Frenchie, and I just write him. And I was like, so I've got about half a page of things, and I just ripped that out and threw it away. And I was like, I've done enough research. I know how to lead the conversation. And I don't want to feel robotic. I don't, yeah, I don't sure. want to feel like this is forced. Uh, I have an opening question, and then we're just going to let it go for an hour. Literally what we just did. Yeah. And uh, that's the most natural way. I believe that's what people want to hear. Yes. I, I, I don't like the, I don't, I don't like the, the roboticness of, uh, of some conversations. You know, after 32 years in radio, I think that's one thing that I've learned. Never script out. I had one of the worst interviews I ever did, and it was on me, totally not on him. I had interviewed Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke over the phone several times. The last time that I had a chance to interview him, I was so busy at work, and I just wrote down a series of just random, every kind, like the questions that you start interviewing with. Yeah, softballs. And he totally was not into it, you yeah. know, and I totally got that vibe off of him. So I tried to bring it back around at the end of the interview and it just didn't come around because he was just like, he was done at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I've learned over my years in radio, don't prep too much. Yeah. Because you're going to set yourself up for failure. Just shoot from the hip. And if you're like you and I, I mean, we're just, we, we've known each other long enough now and, and we're just comfortable and it's just like, it's just... Let me get a couple of ideas like I'm going to write down. If next time I interview Black Smoke, I'm going to put new record. Then I'm going to put tour. Then I'm going to put radio airplay or, you know, whatever. I just have these just no questions. Let's just shoot from the hip because, you know, I, I, we've talked on, on Porch Talk before about the hardest interview I ever did. And the one I probably learned more from mm -hmm. was when I interviewed Frank Black from the Pixies or Black Francis. Um when he came to play Birmingham one time with his band, the Catholics. And I asked the most generic radio interview questions ever. And he did not answer a one of them. He, like I would ask him about, so what is going on with your new tour? And he would totally start talking about something he made for dinner last night. You know, he's like, he let me know, look, this is, and he didn't tell me this. Mm -hmm. He just said, here's Here's, you know, you've got to, we got to talk, dude. You can't just ask me a fucking question and have me answer because I talk to all of the radio people and answer the same questions all the time, you know? Yeah. So that, I mean, I appreciate that from him because I was probably totally more nervous talking to him than about anybody I've ever interviewed because I was a big fan of the Pixies growing up, you know? Yeah, sure. So, and then a, a fan of him and his solo work. So, yeah. So just... Shoot from the hip, man. Make it a conversation. Yep. You know, and it was really cool, too, in radio. Um, when talking on the radio or doing an interview, um, I was very rigid at one point, you know, and, like, had a way that I did everything. And so my old program director, he grabbed the, the receiver off of the telephone, pulled the cord out, and gave it to me and said, put this to your ear. And he said, talk to your buddy. Mm -hmm. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten. That's it. In my 32 years. It's like I got five. Just talk to your buddy. Don't talk to the microphone. I got five bullet points, and uh, they're, they're stupid simple. 
and that goes into the the KISS, the little acronym. Everybody Keep knows. Keep it simple, stupid. That's it. But uh, it's your welcome, and that's welcome in the guest. And then that is uh, number two, uh, spotlight what they have going on. Number three is the mission. What are we supposed to talk about? And then it's fun stories, and then it's your welcome. Like, yeah. uh, what was your favorite part about this? And we're done. And like, anytime like that is that is my playbook. If I'm nervous, like that is five things. It's not scripted. I know I can hit all those. I know we can have a lot of fun with it. And yeah. like, I'm not trying to fight you to get to all those things. Yeah, it's like it'll come up just through conversation. Yeah, and, and, and like for you. I guess in radio, it's a little bit different. You because, got time constraints. Because, the, well, the time constraints, but then also, too, the interview sessions are so few and far between. So with you, you're constantly doing this, so you've got that chance to build up that flow. Mm-hmm. You know how it's going to work. When you when you say, welcome you, Yeah. you know what's coming after that. You know, It's going to be, hopefully, you're not going to get one of these people that are like, yes. To every question you answer, you, you ask, you know, it's happened. It, it, I mean, it, yeah. and it does happen. But like sometimes, like I treat it like they're trolling me, so I troll them back. Yeah. Or like however much I feel like I can play, and then like we might make that the opening sketch, and then like go back and actually do the, you know, yeah. Like, all right, you've you just pissed off three minutes. <laughs> so are you are you ready to actually give this a chance, or are we just yeah. saying fuck this, or what's yeah, up? Yeah. You know? so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I drove an hour and a half. I need to ask more. Like, we need to talk. Yeah. We're, 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 we're talking. <laughs> Three and a half hours for you to go, yes, fuck yeah. off, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so I need just a little more. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man. Man, so cheers. Cheers. To more porch talk. Yeah, in, man. In the new year. And, yeah, uh, so for the rest of this year, I think I'm just doing one episode a week. Uh, so. Who you got lined up? Great question. Yeah. Uh, so uh, one of the latest shows that I did at Monson Brothers, uh, Cats Out of Tupelo, I plan to uh, have him on. I'll be going up to Tupelo to have him. Uh, that'll be a great episode. Mm-hmm. And that's what I call a one percenter. Yeah. That's someone who is great who has not been found. And so uh, everyone will get awesome. a chance to meet Devin. And uh, I want to have... Uh, Monster and Brothers episode because mm-hmm. there are some new Monster and Brothers and if you haven't seen the commercial even if it's your if it's Fucking your if, if it's your wife or your sister we're still call her brother so uh brother yeah uh, dude I watched that commercial so much the first day it came out that the next morning I woke up the jingle it. yeah 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 it, it'll do that to you uh, maybe uh maybe a comedy episode if we can pull that out. Uh, I don't know if the regular guys, uh, including yourself, uh, it's not like there's a burnout. It just seems like since October, it's just like, I just ain't got time right now, man. You know? Sure. It's like everything's in fast forward. So uh, maybe this will be the new thing for Porch Talk is like from mid-November to December, it's like you'll get an episode here and there, but like we're all kind of in free fall and then we'll pick back up January. Yeah. Totally, man. Let's relax, enjoy yeah. time with our families, and enjoy the holiday season. That's it. 
you know? Do a, get all them fucking presents wrapped and yeah. get it over with. That's it. <laughs> and get ready to do it all over again. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, dude, out of here. Peace.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.